If any of those pig fucking hillbillies come around, I got your back. Hey, Bonehead! I grew up two counties from here. I never had sex with a pig in my life. You're not promoting stereotypes, are you, son? Outstanding! People in these parts might not take that talk too well. You might want to put a lid on it. Is that all right with you, funny man? Start of it now. My voice breaking like I go through puberty. <laughs> Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Welcome to Queer Horror Cult. I almost forgot the name of our podcast. Wow. So we picked an episode that is regrettably near and dear to our heart. <laughs> <laughs> For the the uh, King of the Hill we watched. <laughs> no, no, the King of the Hill we watched is a great thing. I mean, regrettably because you know, Berta. Just bird of oh, things. Oh, okay. Um, this week we decided that we're going to talk about exploitation. Does anyone here? call it that, or is that just us calling it that? I'm just. Curious. I've heard it before. Okay. I didn't invent that. I didn't. Coin I didn't that think term, we invented but... it, but I also don't know how like commonly it's used. I guess. It's not super common, but I've heard it before. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't come up with that. But yeah, yeah. exploitation, hills, hillbilly horror. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, redneck rampages. Oh, yeah. Any other alliterations I'm missing? Oh, um... If there are, my brain's too, like, made of shit right now, too. Good country people gore fists. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, we live in Alberta. We do. Which is, um, known at, colloquially, I guess, or just in general, jokingly, half-jokingly, depends who you talk to, as the uh, Texas of Canada. Yep, Texas I've never been to Texas, so I am going entirely off of stereotypes. stereotypes, But I would say that probably, like, most of the people who live in, like, Toronto, who call it that, who have also never been to Alberta, are probably also going off of... But I will say, if that's true, then I just want to know where the fuck our Austin is, because that place sounds pretty, like, what, you know? I think it might be Edmonton. I hate to say it. Oh, yowza. Yeah. But uh, going off of that assumption of Alberta as the Texas of Canada, and again, no disintended on Albertans or Texans, just yeah. give you the idea that there's that image that proliferates. Like Wild of, West. Yeah, yeah, sort of like type. cowboy town and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, Calgary has the stampede every year. They very much embrace the whole cowboy thing. Cowtown, this is its nickname. Yeah, what, they've got the saddle dome, mm-hmm. shaped like a giant saddle. Right. And I mean, a lot of, you know, a decent amount of Alberta, I think, still is quite agricultural. Yep. It's very flat. Lots yeah. of. Uh... <laughs> but then, yeah, so is like Saskatchewan next yeah. door. And then you have like the interior of BC. There's a lot of. Yeah, most of Alberta is so... the prairies. It's like the western edge of the prairies. And then on the west of Alberta, there's a nice hunk of mountain range mm-hmm. before you get into BC. But yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a reputation. Yeah, sort of um, that. Uh, more conservative compared to other parts of Canada. Allegedly, um, yeah. Depending on, on who, who who's dissing from whatever part of the country, it's like, yeah. 
Okay, which one of us has a conservative provincial government voted in right now? Which one of us has a, like, party that started out with, like, labor roots? Yeah, that being said, but I mean, yeah, before that, it was, what, 40 years of conservative stronghold? Yeah. At times, the the party in charge... Well, yeah, for 40 years, the party that had the, I guess, majority of seats, whether or not it was majority government, were the conservatives. Mm-hmm. And then, at times, the official opposition was a further right conservative party. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a you know, great diversity of uh, political views. Yeah. <laughs> you got lots of uh, farmland. You've got lots of... Oh, God, do you ever have a lot of pickup trucks? Mm. Uh, fucking <laughs> As far as the eye can fucking see. I'll say. Um, truck nuts from time to time, yep. Yeah, see the odd truck nuts and all There that. is, I will say, a shout out to the white pickup truck that... I've seen it at the parking lot of my of where I work, actually, when I was leaving one time. And then Tor talked about it, too, having spotted it in the wild. There's a white pickup truck somewhere in Edmonton, and their license plate is DICKS. D-I-C-K-S, all caps. So, oh, shout man. out to that guy. Unless it's a bit, on, it's a bit on, the, on the nose there, you know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. That said, though, uh, you do hear the odd horror story, and there is definitely a lot of, almost like a mythos around the sort of conservative, angry, redneck stereotype you do get here. And the movies we watch, they really do play into the gross redneck kind mm-hmm. of part for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just start at the top with what we watched first thing we watched was a uh, wrong turn from 2003 mm-hmm. this is sort of your nice appalachian sort of hill folk kind yes. of thing um <laughs> you hadn't seen this before had you i had not i'd heard about it that was about it i didn't know what it was about i just recognized the name and like the cover right and stuff yeah, and so we got treated to a movie that was starring uh, Joey Quinn from Dexter, Faith from <laughs> Buffy, and Billy Chenoweth from Six Feet Under. That's right. <laughs> One of the, the, the hillbillies, some like famous cult guy you said or something. Oh, well, a guy that shows up in a bunch of stuff. He was the janitor in Urban Legend, mm-hmm. which we had watched for the previous week. Right, okay, I think that's why I came Yeah, all then. done up in makeup, yeah. yeah. Right, because you're like, we just saw this guy, and he's yeah. in like, everything else. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Got a very distinct look, so. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this? I thought it was pretty good overall. There, um, definitely some some gross out, you know, very, very gory mm-hmm. at times, which was used effectively, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because uh, the, the violence in the movie seems, like, almost restrained in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it does have its gory moments, but they're very... Yeah individualistic in moments. the whole, whole yeah. thing. But I remember when this came out for a sort of mainstreamish movie, it was I found it pretty shocking at how explicit mm. it was. So it's it, it just really feels like one of those uh artifacts of how attitudes and right. what's permissive in these movies versus what you can see on just television yeah, now how it's, how it's changed <laughs> right. a lot because um i remember we were talking about this earlier today but with hannibal from 2001 i remember the huge stinking uproar that came up about that movie when it came out because of how graphic and violent and explicit and disgusting it was and the hannibal tv show that was on tv <laughs> is far worse than anything which in the to hannibal be fair movie. that's why it got canceled but still but, it's one of those things that yeah, it's like it made three seasons of showing what it did so. yeah well i'd argue some of the stuff that comes up on any of the crime shows you mm. watch um are just as explicit and graphic yeah um maybe it's not as like 
diving deep into the psychological abyss yeah. behind it. But also, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. But yeah, so Wrong Turn came out just a couple of years after Hannibal, and it mm-hmm. was, I remember it being fairly, I, I know it took me by surprise when I saw it. Granted, when I saw it, I would have been, oh, 17. Okay, fair so enough. So, I, it was, I hadn't seen many r-rated movies at the theater yet or at least horror movies because i would always have to drag my mom along yeah (laughs) um i think this one might have even been 14a which is how i got into it okay um but yeah so like compared to shit i was watching at home because you know by this point i'd already seen the beyond and stuff like that this was uh this was nothing but for some (laughs) i didn't expect it to be so boy and I think the biggest thing this movie made me think of was that, as you brought this up today as well, the Excel's episode, Home. Mm-hmm. No, that was a recommendation of mine on a much earlier yeah. episode of the podcast. I trying to remember which episode today. But uh, you totally picked up on those vibes, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that sort of like mutant peacock family. You've got these uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mutant hill family that... Uh, notice that a lot, they're, a lot of the time they're mutants. Like, they're not just... It's almost like they're supposed to be so badly inbred, but there's something more going on there kind of thing. Like, they're, well, in in, in home, they're so inbred. Yeah, that's the explanation put forward to the audience. Like, they're just straight up as, like, they've been breeding their own stock for so long, and they're all kinds of But then, I remember Scully's, like, these tests can't be right. These are, like, every genetic abnormality Mm -hmm. known to mankind, and then some are in the the genomes of this, like, baby that they find. Yeah. And they're like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right, because, or it, um, was indicative of, like, more than one sperm fertilizing the ova. Yeah. And then they're like, this is impossible. They're like, well, what if they're so fucking inbred <laughs> that it, like, became possible? It's like, thank you, Mulder. You're fucking mind. Yeah. Oh, my God. We are blessed. That's probably the big one you get from the exploitation hillbilly thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, inbreeding and all that. Like, Absolutely. That's the big cliche stereotype yeah. that you're going to see in these movies, especially. But it's a great avenue of horror when you decide to get into sort of the body horror kind of thing, as it crass is. as it is. That's true. Because, you know, um, you could make arguments for it saying people that don't have the perfect hegemonic body or have <laughs> deformities or anything like that are therefore the monstrous other. And that's absolutely it. Like, I, I think we'll get into this a bit more, but so much of what I expect have seen in this genre and what we've watched is you know it's hiding behind this idea of like the the scary monstrous rural other but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's a fear of disability Mm -hmm. essentially and bodies that are and people whose bodies are either disabled or disfigured in some way Mm -hmm. in a way that you know from usually from something that is like congenital it's not yep. it's not like oh i got in a car accident or a fire and suffered from burns or something it's something yeah. that's like inherent in them it's like yeah. born into them and it is used to yeah to make them monstrous and yeah because the accident trope thing comes up a lot but in like other sort of subgenres like yeah. you've got like a lot in the slasher movies like you've got the burning where Cropsy's mm-hmm. is disfigured because of the prank that he gets caught in the fire right. and, and that kind of thing but when it's the sort of um on the genetic level like they're they're born with it kind of thing. yeah there's no ju- there's no like sense of sense of justified vengeance there on the people who wronged mm-hmm. you because it's like well it's, it's just there man like how long until they make a really existential one where, you know, it's uh, trying to get vengeance against God for Let's making do them it. this way? Let's do it. Let's do it. We should uh, see if we can 
And the uh, guy's just like, it's just a prank. It was just a joke. <laughs> bring on a as a consultant the, uh, the guy who is trying to sue his parents for, for creating and birthing him. <laughs> I Legends love only. Legends only, right? Yeah, speaking of last week. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. I was just like, that's so great. And I guess both of his parents are lawyers, so they're just like, that's really cute. We'll see you in court. Like, okay. <laughs> that's not going to go so well. But Yeah. You know. But then I'm like reading what he has to say about it. And he's just like, you know, like my life isn't bad and I'm not suffering, but I've been, pre- I prefer just to like never have existed. And I'm like, that's relatable as fuck, man. Like, yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah. Here on, um, nihilistically existential chat. That is very relatable. Yeah. That's content. like the most, yeah. It was like. You know, you expect this guy's going to be ridiculous, and you read that, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, dude, called my number. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that's uh, for a different chat. We'll have to do an existential horror episode sometime. Deal. Yeah, so this one takes the rural setting in sort of the middle-of-nowhere woods. Like, mm-hmm. it's not so much the farmland. It's right. the, uh, like I said, the Appalachian, kind of like deep out in the the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, so far off the beaten path that it's just forests for miles. That's true, yeah. I guess you either you either get, like, the forest or you the desert. Yeah. It seems to be the two, like, really big ones. Yeah, probably. at least for a lot of the ones we watched, yeah. yeah. But this one was doing... Um, it's interesting because it... The intruders then in the civilized modern people, they're all campers doing the whole like roughing it out to nature mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's like they're intruding on the, uh, the evil habitat. hillbillies habitat. <laughs> it's kind of like swimming in the ocean, get attacked by shark kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I'm right. going camping in the woods, going to get attacked by a mountain man. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. Speaking of, of like, it, it's the hillbillies habitat. Like they're very like animalistic in that sense yeah. and that they're... They're a different category from the civilized human. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some cool set pieces in this one mm-hmm. in, in the the woods. Uh, otherwise, it felt like, I don't want to say standard in a dismissive way, but fairly standard early 2000s horror movie. Yeah, you know, like that's Like before fair. the glut of, uh, or I mean, just at the start of the glut of remakes, like mm-hmm. of Japanese and uh, East right. Asian horror movies, before torture porn kicked up. Yeah. Because uh, I believe Saw would have been the next year. Mm-hmm. And then Hostel the year after, right. and then that's where that whole ticket went. I think The Ring came out just the year before this, mm-hmm. so... So, yeah, right at sort of the beginning of that. You know, it's like the, the post-post-scream. <laughs> yeah. It's like it came out after all those post-scream glut of movies. pre-torture um, porn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Little little window there where it was just... Uh, Doing their own thing. Just, yeah, just mindless fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess... You wanted to talk about the notion of disability and the feared evil other in terms of some of the other movies we talked yeah, about as well, yeah? Yeah, I picked up on some stuff. Okay, well then the next two movies we watched were The Hills Have Eyes, both the 77 original and the 2006 remake. Yes. You'd seen the remake before, but yeah, you'd I, never seen the original, I right? had not. And so yeah, I'd, I'd seen this one a couple of times, but it had been several years right so i i remembered sort of the more of the um the big some of the some of the, the big beats the big, yeah big yeah. i say big hits and i'm like that doesn't sound right it sounds like i'm talking about like radio songs or something. yeah <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of the bigger beats in the story but i didn't remember like the entire story so yeah. it was interesting watching the first movie and i was like and then you were saying oh yeah this is like pretty much like a beat by beat Kinda, yeah parts of it yeah. and i was really like i remember nothing where of this. the remake took from it mm-hmm. and then you can really see where it uh diverged did its own thing yeah so interestingly the remake 
which I, which again, was sort of my point of reference for this was it focuses heavily on this idea of like the nuclear testing Mm -hmm. in the desert and um, the fallout consequences of radiation exposure and things that the government denies and government denies knowledge the truth is out there etc whereas the first one or sorry the original i should say there's like a little bit of reference to government shit going on whether it's like an airfield or you know you get the planes flying overhead at some point but i I almost got the sense it was more of like a area 51 kind of thing where it's like what are these planes that nobody see i got from the the government stuff that it was less of an excuse as to why yeah, the hillfolk around, but more there. it was talking like about why the hillfolk are having to be really like because they're talking about how they've robbed a military installation, right. and it's like they're going to send the national guard. You got to be careful. You got to be quiet, and all. And it was yeah. more of an excuse to have that extra pressure put on them. Yeah, rather the displacement than displacement and that it, sense of like. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't so much like the reason for their existence or mm-hmm. why they were so fucked up. No, it was more just why everything was so chaotic at the time, and then also giving this sense of the the families trespassing. Yeah. On, you know, government property kind of thing and what's going to happen. Yeah, because I think there's a point where they pull out a map and it shows an area that's dotted off as military-owned space. Yeah, yeah. But that's about the extent of it. And then they reference, like, the Nellis Air Force Base being nearby. Yeah, hence the planes over and uh, they talked about how the the family raided and robbed Mm -hmm. the installation and that's why they're in shit. But, um, yeah, the, the origin story for the... What do, we, what do you call mutants in this movie? The the bad guys. They're pretty mutant. They're, they're pretty, they're, yeah, but n- but not in not in a nuclear way. Um, oh, you mean in the first one? In the first one. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I wouldn't call them mutants at all. Yeah. I call them. Uh, well, my understanding is this they, one is based on the uh, Sonny Bean legend about the family that lived in the hills, the cannibalistic mm-hmm. family that lived in the hills and was abducting and eating people right. um, from history i don't know how far back but you know a few hundred years at this point mm-hmm. so that was uh, like scottish or something i want to say i want to say it was okay. um but i know that the movie that's the precursor to the woman uh, the offspring was also based on this right story and uh, a few other things i think oh undoubtedly <laughs> like i wouldn't be surprised if some of that inf- inf- inspiration was what was going on behind uh the X-Files episode, Home, or Wrong right. Turn, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you got the murderous cannibal clan out in the woods. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of how I took it in this. They were sort of a primitive-esque, mm-hmm. like, not touched by modern society, cannibal family living in the hills. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it seems like, yeah, they're murderous cannibals and uncivilized, but not... There isn't so much that genetic component. Yeah. There is it, in the backstory. It yeah, does so come there's, up. like there it's isn't there. Just, is, yeah, because it's like, just a pushed a little bit back, I think. Yeah, because the the, you know, the origin is that we had this this baby who was wrong in every way, and yeah, that's the part where they yeah, do get into the they genetics. Do, yeah. yeah, and so we you know thought I killed him, left him out in the desert to die of exposure, and somewhere along the way he survived and reproduced and now has raised this family of cannibals yeah. but yeah the idea is almost that uh he was a feral child 
when, yeah. from birth and so was a lost boy cause and right. was just yeah. well, that boy ain't right yeah. well yeah between coming what did I say came out like 20 pounds or something mm-hmm. it was just like this giant who just, covered head to foot in hair yeah so already like monstrous looking and then monstrous behaving setting fire killing the ba- the the perfect baby sister kind of thing mm-hmm. all of this so he's he's monstrous inside and out he was just born that way yeah freak of nature and, um, but other than the physical description, how many serial killer slasher movies follow that trend? Totally, like that's yeah. Dr. Loomis talking about Michael Myers a hundred percent. For sure. But in this case, like the, the, there's no mask to hide behind himself. No. So you see it and yeah, you get the sense that it's just like, but his deformity is specifically pointed to as being from when he cracked his head open when like the, what do you say? Hit him with an ax or something like that. But oh, I suppose. A- but I mean, he was already born with like. Ab- for, sure, for sure, but I mean, when you look at him and you see the, the yeah. visage and all that, yes. it's this big jagged a, scar. That's right. As opposed that was to inflicted. like in the the remake, we see more like the hair lip, the tumorous growth, the yeah. odd bone structure kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's as you put it, it's meant to be much more congenital. Yeah. So in this one, is it seemed very much like it could be read as just like disability and birth abnormalities are monstrous mm-hmm. and pairing that up with in inborn monstrousness of behavior and disposition mm-hmm. and temperament and yeah. uh yeah there's definitely no sympathy you have there. to wonder <laughs> how much further they would have gone with the physical monstrousness mm-hmm. if the movie was bigger budget totally because this yeah. is definitely a really low budget indie style thing sure. and it does Amazing things, given how it had no Absolutely. fucking money. Or it looks like it was very done on the cheap, but yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, for a unique-looking person, they cast Michael Berryman right. as Pluto, who is very memorable in how, how he looks. I believe has absence of body hair, sweat glands, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So... He has a very sort of unique look to him. Very and distinct, th- yeah. They, they play that up. They do. In terms of him being part of the monstrous other. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, in fact, the uh, in the remake, the the big Hulkin dude with the axe who attacks uh, Doug in the house, he's kind of like an overgrown mm-hmm. mutant version yeah. of this Yeah, you could definitely see resemblance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, he's the guy that we see on the poster for the classic Hills of Eyes thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's menacing. Like, he's got yeah. a really, like, evil look in his eyes. Totally. It's, it's a classic hand-drawn poster. Yeah. So the remake does, um, like we said, focuses on the, the nuclear testing, the yes. um, radiation, the birth defects that are experienced. Yeah. And in addition to providing that backstory also kind of calls out like we have what the subtitle said his name was big brain or something yeah yeah big brain yeah the guy with just the massive i don't know if he has a huge brain tumor or something he he looks kind of like the chris cunningham video apex and 20 apex twin video for rubber johnny like it looks like they they must have been inspired by that in some (laughs) regard because he's in the the wheelchair same posture the big head sort of leaning off the back um, looks like it could be based in medical photo history kind mm-hmm. of thing. It like looks like something see... like I've seen in like Silent Hill too. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but he even says like, you know, you you made us like this. Your government came in and yeah. you know drove us out of our town, blew over all of our shit to smithereens, turned it all to ash, denied doing any of this. Yeah, and you've made us what we are. Yeah, and 
so obviously this is an explanation for the appearances, but then is it a, is it an explanation for the behavior? Is did is that what drove them to yeah to uh, turn into cannibals and have whatever brain disease makes you want to go around and like rape teenagers and oh god steal what, babies? What is that called when you? It's the like the is there actually a brain disease? No, there's, there's the thing you get from a. Uh cannibalism like i think there's an mm. x-files episode where it's like the prions the brain, in the brain or yeah, whatever. yeah you get the like yeah you can get brain parasites you can get um, yeah yeah totally um yeah so a couple couple of interesting things with this one because well well it calls out that sort of the cause of this that it's not yeah. just some happenstance freak of nature accident it's actually like a deliberately done thing that is then denied and covered up and just kind of pushed into the yeah into the desert and said like you know we if anyone comes across cross you well good luck to them we don't really care we're just not going to acknowledge this or yeah. do anything about it at the same time the people you know even though they are victims of an atrocity they are also so unsympathetic that yeah you don't feel any sense of injustice for them it's interesting because i've seen this a couple times but that reveal comes so late in the thing that mm-hmm. we've only seen them as the monsters other yeah, in the true. night to this point that it was interesting because i well i didn't feel it made them sympathetic it was one of those things where it it helped me sort of buy why they were doing this like it was this sort of like that tracks yeah okay (laughs) like not necessarily therefore oh i'm on your guys' side now but one of those things where i didn't feel as i don't know it i don't want to say relatable but understandable in this kind of like twisted logic kind of way Mm mm-hmm where it's just like, oh, this is revenge and survival. Yeah, rolled oh, no into fucking one. wonder. Okay. Yeah. Carry on, lads. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'll go as far as carry on, lads, but... So in addition to the, like, to the inbreeding being a common trope, we also have this return to cannibalism again mm-hmm. and again. Mm-hmm. That the, 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 hill, you know, the hicks and their, their monstrous cannibalism, which is interesting because it's... Huh? I was going to say definitely probably the granddaddy of all exploitation mm-hmm. yeah, movies, Texas it? Chainsaw Massacre from yep. 1974. Totally. Definitely sits itself well in the cannibalism camp. Absolutely. And that's another one that, yeah, yeah it's the scary Texan hicks yeah. outside of the city limits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cannibalism, we'll, we'll do a cannibalism episode one day. Yeah. We have, we have one sort of in the works. Um, but... I guess quick and dirty primer. It's in, I guess in addition to incest, two very very taboo things that are kind of yep. generally agreed upon by almost all societies as yeah. taboo and just like soverboden. And in a way that's considered uncivilized. Yes, like there's a lot of taboo that doesn't have that kind of angle on it. Like yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we did our necrophilia episode, mm-hmm. which is like one of the ultimate taboos. But you don't hear it talked about as in like. Oh, this is the action of the uncivilized Moors. It's don't. like this is just what the fuck. And I think that's a lot of col- like colonial mm-hmm. legacy happening there yeah. because um, myths about cannibalism, or yes. not all. I guess not always myths because there are records of cannibalism. But that being said, um, so if you look at the history of the of Europe, primarily UK, etc., going into like East Asia. Okay. And whatnot. Um, one of the ways they justified the con- conquering them and trying to civilize them and stuff were was that they cast them as these these plant eaters, and therefore it may you know uh, unlike us virile meat eaters, these plant eaters are sissies, and they need to be like 
civil so yeah this was especially a shot at like the masculinity of the men and you still mm. see that carried over today into stereotypes about asian men especially look at how people talk about kim jong-un right compared to you know western buffoon type mm. uh leaders mm-hmm. you, he always gets called the little boy who with with any you know comments made about the size of his genitals about this that and the other thing he's very infantilized he's very feminized in sort of the western gaze and you see this happen all the time with um you know men of asian descent mm-hmm. it's it's gross um so in addition to this we then have if we look at um africa the americas and stuff where we have more you know meat eating especially with uh, you know hunter gatherers groups that are nomadic and everything you know you you can't do this oh these these you know plant eaters are so uncivilized so what do we do we say these cannibals are so uncivilized Mm -hmm. they eat meat oh they must eat human meat and so again we this justifies coming in trying to you know implement settler colonialism ethnic cleansing all this stuff because they're uncivilized they are barbaric they are all these things that they shouldn't be and we're here to help them and to save them and that's kind of the thing when it comes to sort of like hillbilly horror is what is the hillbilly but the uncivilized other Mm -hmm. just you know stripped of the race issue like it's just we are not going to confront colonialism so we're going to look at this in our own backyard kind of thing and the ones who, who who actively resist joining their people or what i don't know yeah whatever so gross race science narrative you play it's kind of like like a race blind attempt and i mean like in a in a very sort of like so we don't have to talk about exactly reality kind of way yeah Yeah, definitely Um, while still telling these kind of stories yeah and so that's one of the things that that is so interesting is that they pick these particular two taboos because they're so so taboo but then they're super, super overlooked when they're practiced by people of the upper class because that's another thing is exploitation being always, you know, it's, an, it's a big class thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, what are Hicks? Oh, they're uneducated. Okay, class. They're they're poor. Class. Like, yep. everything comes back to this, this like, they're, they're of a lower class. They're like the peasants of the modern era and they're just disgusting. But so incest, who's like the biggest practitioner of incest? Like, including people, well, okay, maybe they're not doing it anymore, but you still have people who are around because of it. The royal family. The monarchy. Like, I'm sorry, look at Prince Philip. He. he are looks, we going to go there? Are you, are you really going to just. Yeah, like, like I'm, th- okay, that's all I'll say. Look okay. at Prince Philip and you'll see incest. <laughs> okay. Okay, this Dude's is. He's a, a walking fucking corpse. Like, this, he's horrifying. This is, um. I would just like to say that the thoughts and views expressed by people on this podcast are their own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. One of your parents still lives in the UK. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... No, no defense. Again, not defending them. <laughs> yes. So, again, super duper lots of incest. We got to keep our bloodline pure and royal because somewhere down the line that's our ancestors... How, well, that's how royalty has functioned yeah. throughout... Some, some people like, just Western declared that they were born better than society. everyone else and they got to keep fucking their family members to keep the bloodlines pure and then everyone gets hemophilia and yeah. it's a fun party. So, like that's I, totally fine and normal. Uh, yeah, it also gets sort of like the deranged roman emperor kind of like vibes from that <laughs> yeah. where it's like you're doing the same thing the rednecks are doing but yeah. since you're emperor it's, it's suddenly like, like its own it's great <laughs> and it's is the way it should be and cannibalism is another interesting one because 
Um, Whereas if they're upper class and attractive enough, there's an allure there. Like, look at Hannibal Lecter. Totally. I was also going to say the medical cannibalism you saw, especially in, like, the Victorian era, where Mm. certain medicines and tinctures and all these things made out of, like, fucking mummy dust and corpse powder and, like, all these things that that people were consuming... Products made from body when from you say dead mummy bodies. Does, I just fucking think of uh, Farnsworth with his jerk mummy. <laughs> no, who's going to eat that mummy? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. But yeah, Hannibal, like especially the Mads Mikkelsen Hannibal. He's classy. He's yep. sexy. He's just like everyone. Like everyone wants to bone down with Hannibal, man, including Will Graham. So like, it's canon. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> well, it is. Well, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's great, and um, and yeah, there's the, the even as recently as the Victorian era with that was very popular in the UK, especially was the were these essentially consuming that's not not like eating body parts, but if you're consuming medicine orally that is made out of like ground up fucking dead guy, yeah, you're you're still committing cannibalism. Yep. But you're, you're in but a civilized not, it's way. It's not coded in the same it's, way. It's not, exactly. It's not coded in this uncivilized needs to be conquered and we don't need to have any empathy or sympathy for the people who are different because they are uncivilized and disgusting. Well, it's kind of like in the broader sense, uh, going back to, because apparently we're just going to always come back to either porn or necrochat Hell on this yeah. podcast, but going back to necrochat. Okay, so necrobestiality is a thing that was classified. Yeah, okay. yeah, necrophagy, faggy, you know, the eating of yeah. the dead. P-H-A-G-I-A. Is, yeah, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Phagia. Yeah, probably phagia. Um, that's a thing, right? So what do you call it when you eat dead animals? You know, oh. dinner. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think that one's less objectionable than someone who goes around eating live animals. That's fair. You know? That's fair, yeah. But I mean, like, think about it. It's like someone's just like, I'm going to eat this chicken. You're like, have a great dinner. But then it's I'm like, I'm going to le- eat this live chicken. Yeah. You're like, whoa, I want to see your, your freak what is show. That? I'm, I'm a level nine animal necrophiliac because I, I, I will kill an animal with my bare hands to acquire a corpse to eat. Yeah. Yes. So that, okay, level nine. Yeah, that's like yeah. a... <laughs> And then that that kind of stuff, you know, at worst, it was considered, like, being a geek in a circus sideshow right. kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, Which, again, goes back to this idea of, like, disability and, and yeah. the spectacle and the other and projecting your anxieties yeah. onto it. Um, yeah, so all I'm saying is judge not, lest you be judged. This is true. Another one I just want to add on to this that we're to point out is, it was pointed out recently, what is the major difference between a grave robber and an archaeologist? Is it just the, like, number of... Centuries. PhDs. The, the PhD class. <laughs> there we go. Class again. Yeah. Um, the elitism. And also... That would be great. <laughs> Just get caught robbing a grave. It's like, what are you doing? My master's thesis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. My, my, admission, my university admission essay to get into <laughs> a prestigious archaeology program. <laughs> but anyway, if you, if you think about it... Um, we're all just really big hypocrites, and we're this, just doing fucked up shit. We do all fuck, the time. Yeah, we 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 point our fingers at at people around the world in distant places doing fucked up shit while we do the exact same shit. But because it's coded differently, it's fine when we do it. Exactly. This goes for many things, politics especially. But let's not get into that. <laughs> so, with all of this exploitation in mind, we all these stereotypes. All the stereotypes. Yes, we also wanted to include a movie that 
really plays with this and yep. kind of turns all of your expectations on it on their heads. So you probably already know what we're going to mention. I hope so. And if not, you need to go out watch it right now. Pause yeah. and like go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. This is 2010. Ten. Yeah. Okay. So fairly recent. Shot in our backyard. Shot in our backyard. Shot in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. Shot in our backyard. Shot on location in Alberta. The uh, we, we were like, we were pretty sure this was the case, but we we watched the uh, end credits and confirmed mm. yes. Yep. This is. They thanked specifically the cities of Edmonton and Calgary and the town of Cochrane. Yeah, all and sort of local stuff. Yeah, very, very within within driving distance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's cool. It's funny though, because within driving distance in Canada is so different from within driving distance in the States. This is true. I mean, like, not in the grand scheme of things, but you know, when it's just like, yep, Calgary's the next big city over, you know, like <laughs> it's the next city. It's like a three hour drive if you're going fast. Yeah. Um, Maybe two and a half. Yeah. Either way. Um, so it's interesting because the movie takes, is supposed to take place in Appalachia again, uh-huh. but it's filmed in Alberta. So fun fact. I guess yep. we can pass pretty well as Virginia. Yeah. This one does, uh, takes the wrong turn setting. Yep. Yep. Definitely. But in this one, we actually, we see things from the side of the rednecks and yeah. you, you get their perspective and realize that a lot of the scenarios that you would expect to go certain ways because they must be these like bloodthirsty cannibalistic rednecks or something actually just a couple of nice guys who just keep getting mixed up in these these crazy scenarios where people just keep making these you know horrible assumptions yeah. about them they're actually really nice guys yeah. they're just trying to have a good time on vacation and, out and in the woods the horror threat is the encroaching college kids who assume they're evil rednecks and must stop them from killing them next yeah. kind of thing <laughs> um yeah so it's a comedy of errors it all is, the way through, it is. Yeah. it's a lot of fun it's it's played out pretty smart and yeah you have you got tucker and dale and they're just they're just two pals they they recognize like yeah you know we're we're, we're a couple of hillbillies whatever yeah. we're fine with that but uh you know they they just minding their own business and yeah, yeah like, like comedy of errors stuff just keeps happening and they're, yeah. they're just trying to do their best to be helpful to be friendly to be good neighbors yeah and yeah the college the the classy civilized from the city folk college kids yeah. keep assuming that oh my god they're these fucking killer rednecks that are we're next we have, we have to fight, kill them before they can kill us well i think one of the good examples that shows that divide is fairly early on into the movie um there's a scene when um, the two rednecks, Tucker and Dale, save a woman who's fallen into the water and is drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, they pull her on save and she asks what they're doing out there. And she's like, oh, well, you guys were watching me? Kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and they're like, no, we we're just fishing. We're fishing. We and weren't then, even looking. But, <laughs> but, but how it plays out is the college kids, they see them pulling her into the boat and they assume they must be lurking in the dark up to no good. Yeah. She's like kidnapping our friend. And she's just like, you guys are out there watching us. Like what's going on? It's like, no, we're just fishing. Like it doesn't occur to them that they're just two buds on a fishing trip. We're just minding their own fucking business. These are college kids (laughs) on vacation, getting high and going skinny dipping. So, you know, from their perspective, what else could these rednecks possibly be doing? Yeah. This is the setup of every teen horror movie ever. Like think of it this way, like two dudes, go into their vacation home where there is a lake and they have a boat. What the fuck else are they going to be doing, you <laughs> right? know? But because they're not, you know, they, they, and that's only one thing they comment on is like, I never thought I would, would have a vacation home. And, you know, these, these college kids, well, they grew up with vacation homes. Yeah. So yeah, you have a very particular picture in your mind of the kind of person that would have 
a vacation home, even if that home turns out to be a rickety old fixer yeah, upper the in the woods home that probably belonged to a serial killer. It looks like <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw family moved into the cabin from Evil Dead. Like, mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. we're dealing with here. Yeah, it's a very Evil Dead cabin. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely looks like a serial killer lived there. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they're just like... Yeah, oh, all the bones is... hanging from the yeah. ceiling. like, you think an archaeologist lived here? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, look, they really like keeping up with the news. And then it's all the stuff about, like, people gone missing and stuff. And like, the they're, wall of they're news so, they're, they're just so, like innocent and lovely they're just like man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whoever lived here must have been you know, like a really cool fellow anyway yeah i can't wait to fix this place up like yeah they're so wholesome yeah they're great um and the movie pretty much follows that track and in my opinion unlike what a lot of movies that kind of have that sort of like one note joke this mm-hmm. one doesn't feel like a one note joke like it doesn't it, it actually does things with a plot before it can run out of steam mm-hmm. which is really nice like it's not a particularly long movie no but it's uh i can easily see how here's our premise it's a misunderstanding and the evil rednecks are the good guys right. and i could see that being a joke that runs flat in 20 minutes absolutely and that's not the case with this one no so it makes it for a good yeah because i think that they're 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 it's just so much unexpected, not only in the scenarios that play out, but in the characters themselves, where you yeah. find out it's like, you know, this is, this is like, rather than having the usual, like, um, I can think of episodes of Criminal Minds, of X-Files and stuff, where you have the two hit guys, and one of them is very dominant, and one is very submissive, and the dominant one bosses the other one around, and... Yeah lures him into doing atrocities, committing atrocities and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you do get the sense that, that Tucker, you know, growing up was kind of the, maybe... The leader. The leader and wanted to always, like, one-up Dale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're, like, affirming each other. And then, yeah. you know, he's like, yeah, you gotta go ask that girl out, man. You don't have enough self-confidence. And he's no, like, they're even, friends that they're, are actually friends. Yeah, but, like, like that, this, like, healthy masculinity, like, giving your buddy a pep talk. He's like, yeah, man, you just have more confidence in yourself. You're a great That's guy. That's actually like, a nice foil because yeah. compared to the college kids, the college kids do what the stock slasher kids do like mm-hmm. the stock good guys do where the friends you you often watch these movies and wonder how are these fucking people friends yeah, they're just dicks to each other all the time totally. and that's kind of how they are yeah as a foil like yeah. you know it's one of those things where it's just like you guys are just there together because it was a chance for all of you to get stoned in the woods yeah, you don't actually like each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so it's of course, nice Tuck- tucker and dale have like a wholesome affirming friendship where they're like you know, they genuinely like each other and they, they want the best for one another. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is so nice to see. Like, I love this. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. So it's good fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, horror comedy, definitely more on the comedy end of things, but, Absolutely. uh, there is some good splatter moments. Absolutely. For, uh, yes. And they're, they're very comedically played. Yeah. It's one of those like, things. My dad does not like gory movies. But he loves this movie because it's played in that comedic way. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like gory movies, but we had a riot watching Ash vs. Evil Dead together. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where he's at. Yeah, because you know? it's, it's, it's so over the top and so comedically played, yeah, played up. For that fun, it, yeah, for that, that you, it, you laugh at it. You're not, it's not there to, like, bro- well, I guess gross out to an extent. Yeah. But in a funny way, not in yeah. a, like, can you handle this snowflake? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, type um, way. yeah, it's all in the delivery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when it's the, like, comedic well done delivery like this it, it it's good fun yeah love it okay well so that was our quick roundup of exploitation movies um there were a lot more that we could have pulled from mm-hmm. uh so yeah, that'll we, be reflected in our recommendations yes we, of course. we love to pro- project our urban modern anxieties onto the the rural other okay. and everything we imagine yes. them to be 
which is funny because compared to other places, we are very much coming from that rural other. It's funny. Like, there's there's way less super rural, I, but yeah, but like I feel like there's way less of a disconnect, or the, the, there's not as big of a gap between like city folk and farm, you know, good country mm. people kind of thing here because so many. So many people you go to university with in the city and stuff is like, oh yeah, my fa-, you know, I go out back to the farm on vacation yep. or on over the holidays to see my family. Like, there's there's a lot more generational connection there, yeah, I think, absolutely. than maybe you get for city folk who have never stepped on a farm in their life, yep. kind of thing. Because yeah, even though I wouldn't consider myself a, a rural person by any means, it's still like yeah, like I said, I have aunts and uncles who are still farmers. Yeah, and you do too. Same. So. I, yeah, but yeah. like I've gone to family farms, totally, life, yeah. kind of thing, and uh, yeah. I I consider myself not particularly rural mystic mm-hmm. and again trying to say that without judgment just more like matter of fact like i'm not really personally connected i'm not a handy person kind of i'm not a big nature outdoorsy person i probably wouldn't do very well on a farm so more so in, the, in that way I'm, <laughs> like, I'm handy in the ikea sense sure, not in yeah. the Surat bibleist sense <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, yeah it's like we we're, we're not uh, we're not country folk no. per se but we're also not so culturally separated from that yeah. that we can't find it in any way like relatable it's not or, an alien wall it's not exactly thing. it's not this huge divide between the yeah. two worlds they're a lot sort of side by side here i think yeah. than in some other places yeah so it does make it kind of interesting watching these sort of uh movies mm-hmm. where it's just like you do see them as the the weird evil other like the exploitation kind of thing that's yeah. how, you, how you see them but at the same time you get those flashes of familiarity and how they're portrayed like these little Sort of like, oh, so you're saying the evil rednecks drive pickup trucks because most of my neighbors drive pickup totally. trucks. <laughs> and that's one thing I guess I'll add to, so so we're not dragging Alberta 100%, is um, to bring back the Tucker and Dale kind of thing with the stereotypes. It's like you also get the, the stereotype of the like, you know, the nice country guy who will give you the shirt off his back, doesn't care where you came from. If yeah. you need help, they'll, they'll give it to you kind of thing, regardless mm-hmm. Because, you know, they don't have time to stop and ask, what are your political views? Yeah. Are you gay? Like, stuff like that. And I, I will say that having, you know, driven many winters here now, anytime there is, like, I remember one time it took me, normally it takes me about 15 minutes to drive to to work. Um, there was one day it took me, I think, a good hour and a half because Oof. that Smith Crossing, that big... Um, it was just done. It was pure ice. And people are struggling getting up. I cannot tell you how many of those pickup trucks were pulled over on the side of the road. They brought out their shovels and they're scooping up the snow to, and then pushing these cars out. Or that time recently where we saw that fucking T-bone collision right in front of us. Yeah. Who was it but a big black pickup truck that, that just pulls, pulls up on the help. side of the road, runs out of the car and he's like, are you guys okay? Yeah. So yeah, I will say as much as it's like, uh, those dang shaking my fist at these pickup drivers who tailgate me in icy roads and stuff. It's also like... A lot of them have hearts of gold, and they they yeah. will stop and help you if if they you look like you need. Yeah, it's one it, so. of those things where something that's that's like that cliche stock, like this is of course the redneck yeah. vehicle choice. Yeah, when they're so ubiquitous here, mm-hmm. if that were true, we would be in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's like no, a lot yeah. of them, a lot of them drive like dicks, but a lot of them will also like if if you look like you're in distress, they will be the first ones to like do a redneck park job on the fucking like median or something yeah. and just run out and be like, hey man, you need some help. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. Uh, yeah, credit where credit is due. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so recommendations. Recommendations, yeah. Uh, do I go first this time? Sure, why not? Okay. So, um, I'm pretty there... sure I said I was going to go first. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. Go, 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 for... go, no, okay. go for it. It's just Thank I remember you. I was like, I'll do it next time. I swear. And you're like, good. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I'm already talking. So oh, inertia here. and all that. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. So, um, 
I just want to give a little bit of background to this movie because I, I, not to be all hipster about it, but I don't know if many people have heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie, it was created by artist Grizz Grimley, who I found out about through a band that I really, I loved at the time. I still really love them, but they were like my favorite at the time called Stolen Babies. Mm-hmm. I saw them open for Lacuna Coil on the Hottest Chicks in Metal tour in 2000... Fuck, what would have been? Six, maybe? Yeah, I think 2006. Whatever. Well, I, I missed my grade nine gra- farewell. Oh I know, God. I know. All my friends were like, you have to go. And I was like, fuck that shit. No, I'm I, seeing my favorite band. I'm oh my godding at the fact that it's your grade nine farewell. It's like, yeah, I was in university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my grade nine farewell. Is, what do you mean... Aria, what do you mean you're not coming to the church with us to graduate from grade nine? Yeah, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to see Lacuna Coil. Hottest chicks in metal. I'm not bisexual. I'm straight. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this was the first concert I ever went to where the opening bands were actually really good. I just kind of was resigned to the fact that opening bands always suck. And that's just that on that. I was also, you know, 14. So I'd been to like three or four concerts at that Mm -hmm. point. So yeah, no, Stolen Baby's open and they fucking slapped. I fucking loved them. Still love them. I think they're putting out new music soon, which I'm excited about. But anyway, I'm following, I'm following them after online and I'm like, I want to get every bit of like everything I can having to do with them. And they put out this song called Grubbery that is, they did it specifically for the soundtrack of Chris Grimley's movie. It's called Cannibal Flesh Riot with an exclamation mark at the end. It's a little like, I don't know, half an hour short. Yeah. That it's it's very stylized. It's a lot of fun. And it stars, you know, a couple of a couple of hick grave robbers. So yeah. it definitely plays up that that sort of stereotype of the not only the grave robber, but like again, the cannibal hick kind of thing who are just yeah. two dipshits that are causing trouble and being gross. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, the movie was put out, I think it was limited to like a thousand copies or something. And I actually only ordered it because I wanted the CD so I could get this <laughs> song. And then I ended up, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to watch the movie as well. Cause I'm buying it anyway. And then I was like, oh, this is so good. I, was hilarious. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Like I remember when we started hanging out, I was like, so I have this movie I have to show you. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's been a while since we've seen it. We should rewatch it again for sure. But yeah, it's good fun. So Cannibal Flesh Riot, if you yeah, can, if you can find track it. it. It's 2007 yeah. it came out. 2007. Yeah, I looked it up and it's like, damn, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Stolen Babies too, if you want some uh, weird sounding, well, not super weird, I don't know. Like, they, the singer plays accordion and wears clown makeup. Not super weird. Though. Not super weird. No, not at all. Yeah, no, they, they're, they're fun. Great sound, really unique kind of stuff. So, the movie's good, the band is good, it's all good. Okay, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and do a twofer here. <laughs> okay. Um, first thing I want to recommend is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you're wondering, why not the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, that's fucking classic, and we're going to come back to it again and again, I'm sure. Yeah, we already talked about it. like Barely, but yeah. Um, <laughs> in it, passing. It will be coming back yeah. for a different one. So not to say that we won't talk about TCM2 at a different point, but I really want to recommend this one for a few reasons. It's fucking hilarious yes it's also got some really gruesome shock moments in it Mm -hmm. and uh so it's it's a horror comedy in a way where it really leans into the horror as well like it's not a horror comedy the same way i'd say tucker and dale is um but it's also great because there's some great set pieces. I'm thinking of a great chainsaw fight, <laughs> a few great chainsaw fights. Yeah. Um, you got Dennis Hopper as a demented sheriff. You've got 
a kick-ass soundtrack featuring tons of Concrete yep. Blonde, which is yep. like just a great band, and Stretch Rules. Stretch yes. fucking slaps. And the dad yeah. in the family. He has yeah. some amazing, oh, he has he has some some amazing lines. Yeah, yeah he, great fucking movie. Um, and this was uh, Bill Mosley as Chop yes, Top. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of like big things about this movie. There are. And yeah. uh, the one thing I want to say about it is you can look for a really nice foil of redneck versus hippie culture, which is kind of like the great divide from right. like early stuff, in which we see Chop Top dressed as a hippie talking about music and being like, peace and love, man. Um, <laughs> and it's just like this nice sort of flip between the two, between mm-hmm. like hippie love music culture and like this redneck cannibal family yeah. kind of thing. That it's are also like big, you know, Texas barbecue. Big old Texas meat eaters kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one. The other one I wanted to mention, I just thought of this while we're talking, oh, is okay. uh, 2000 Maniacs by Herschel Gordon Lewis. Mm. This one is bonkers. Um, 2000 this... Whole Maniacs. It would be, imagine it would be pretty bonkers. <laughs> I haven't, sorry, I haven't uh, seen it, so I can't speak Early to 60s. A okay. bunch of Yankees uh, are driving through the South when they come across this town with some, like, you know, fine southern people that are having they're celebrating their centennial Mm. kind of thing and their celebration of course involves torturing murdering and eating and like killing oh of course uh yuppies yeah yeah. the yankees and just like in the olden days it's very much sort of like almost a comedic take on the whole south will rise again kind of thing oh okay um it's you know pretty trashy well, very trashy, yes. <laughs> but it's fun. It's it's a great splatter flick. Um, I probably enjoy this one as a movie more than Blood Feast, even though I've seen Blood mm. Feast way more times. Okay. Um, oh, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's good fun. It sounds like good fun. Yeah, but so that'll be my two for, for today. All right. TCM2 and 2000 Maniacs. Well, I guess TCM2. I, I was thinking TCM2 until you said you were going to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll do Cannibal Flesh Rice. So I guess right, it's sort of okay. like a, a one and a that'll, half. That'll be our sharesies. Yeah. We'll, we'll share TCM2. <laughs> so no two first, one and a half first for each of us. Yes. <laughs> cool. Just half C's. <laughs> um, so that's it. Yeah. I think for today. Yeah, cool. Um, we're trying to keep these episodes at a reasonable length, but if we do <laughs> find ourselves gassing on and on, we'll just let it happen. Yeah. What happens, happens. Nature finds a way. Nature finds a way, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But until next time, I guess, take it easy and keep it sleazy. Please and thank you. Yeah.